0: Hi, I'm Deepak Madnani, entrepreneur, problem solver, and amateur barista. I am on a mission to help forward-thinking entrepreneurs succeed and grow by understanding two simple rules. Crisis is a clarity opportunity, and the question is never really the question. Today, I am putting my barista skills to the test and sharing a cup of coffee with resilient problem solvers from all over the world. Let's get started. In this episode of Dear Podcast Coffee, we hear part two of my interview with Lily LaPena, MBE founder and chair of MyBank. In part one, Lily shared how her exploration into personal development inspired her to help young people empower themselves with financial knowledge and resources for entrepreneurial growth. We discussed how she was inspired by the philanthropical acts of her family to make a greater impact within her community and the world. The importance of young people understanding how money works and how she created a team of people perfectly suited to do the job, how entrepreneurs are suited for philanthropy and the power of impact has on overall success. In part two, Lily returns to discuss how operating from a place of abundance creates resilience in times of adversity. During this conversation, we explore how to define your own success, how impact can outweigh financial gain and what to do when you feel like you've lost everything. We also share our own stories of entrepreneurial all-time lows and how we shortened our recovery time from years to days. And now, part two of my interview with Lily La Pena. So what you're talking about, it's almost as if it wasn't so much about the work that you did, but it's about maybe being, is the word, comfortable with who you are or getting healthy with who you think you are. Getting and then well. operating from there, right?
1: Yeah. Operating from a place of, uh, a a healthy place is a lovely way of saying that. Yeah. A place of abundance and acceptance versus a place of of scarcity and defectiveness, right? But what I don't want to underestimate is the power of feeling defective because I think it can drive. And sometimes it can drive for really positive things. And for about 10 years of my trajectory, that was what it was. And I think that's a real thing. So, I so think about to talk about
0: it.: <laughs> No, no, which is great. Thank you. and thank you for opening that door because um look, the way I try to the, the, what did I do to, to myself, that's saying that's why and that's why I coach as well, because I use the word I want to help the, my the, the only thing I want to do is share the journey I went through because I know everyone else goes through this similar journey, right and as, as you've just touched on right right now, the perspective that I went through was it's almost like the world of entrepreneurship. Which was what I was supposed to do. And I know that the world of entrepreneurship was the playground for my personal growth. So it's almost like, it's almost like it doesn't matter what I did. Now, of course, there's purpose in there and there's ambition and there's vision. So you have to get clear on that because that's what's going to fuel you. But a lot of what drove me in the beginning was scarcity. And then Mm -hmm. it was was scarcity and survival. And then what happens is that when you're operating out of scarcity and survival all the time, then you bring that into everything. So 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 what does that mean? My relationships, you know, got married, you have kids. And, and remember, you're, you're bringing this into everything now. We are driven by, by impact. Yes. Okay. And success for us is not just financial success. Financial success is a large part of it because we like our, I'm speaking for the both of us, Lady, because I know you. Okay. But this definition of success for me was borrowed for a long time it was somebody else's definition of success and what the, the perspective i was lacking is wait what's my definition what makes me happy right yeah.
2: Yeah. so
0: finance is a big part of that definitely because i want my comforts so and i know that and i want to have that the toolkit to to impact the change etc cetera, etc cetera, okay i want to have fun you know all that fun stuff yeah. great people yeah. Yeah. Uh, but 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 i also want it to impact and it's so interesting because unless you, you get healthy in this journey and you understand that, you know, all those walls that you're hitting uh, is actually just telling you where, where the weaknesses, blocks or gaps are, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. So if it's a
0: weakness, you just have to get stronger at it. Right. Or you do less of it because it's a weakness. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, Outsource. Exactly. Right. I mean, uh, you know, and, uh, there's, uh, we can talk about your strengths later, but it's, it's almost like, what you're doing isn't isn't really important it's getting healthy with who you are it's what's really important you know and it's like hey i actually this is just about getting comfortable with who i am and then and then i'm I'm able to impact more because that's actually what's driving us right and then but before it's that the scarcity survival side that's that's driving us and unless we get aware of that programming That's gonna drive you maybe for ten years and then it gets yeah. really unhealthy. Right. And then it gets really yeah. unhealthy. Yeah. But that drive won't leave, actually.
1: No, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it becomes clearer, more focused, more accessible. And um it's less neurotic, you know, it's it's a right. healthy and, and I like this idea of, you know, there's the the two journeys that were going on consecutively. There was the entrepreneurial journey, the external journey. So what I was producing and creating and the team building and uh, changing the curriculum uh, along with our, our the many others who were involved in that process, uh, supporting the British government, winning all these awards for Social Entrepreneur of the Year and all this and all this. And then there was my inner journey, which was equally important. And I think both hands in hands, I feel so lucky to have to experienced that. And so your question was, what? where were the difficult moments? There were there were difficult moments along both those journeys and some of them are more, more, I think, exciting than others to share. But I think, you know, looking back, there were moments where you felt like you had lost everything. You know, I remember was perhaps, I can't remember now if it was a year in or a year and a half in and I was in an office, I had recruited some people to work with me. I had a board and a person who I thought was a great chairman and, Within the space of two weeks, I felt like I had lost everything. The chairman behaved in a way that was really inappropriate with a member of my team. The member of my team left. I had to turn against this person who was not only a chairman, but also been a mentor. So I lost faith in them. And suddenly I lost my office. I I was left with one member of the team and I ended up back in my living room and back with my laptop. And I was like, okay. You know, and do I do I go on now? Because it was very easy to go this back. Is right to start, was, right? was this is right, right at the start, right? Wow, yeah. So, so that was so testing. But also, I still had that enthusiasm in the beginning. So I was like, okay, I'm back up, you know? And I yeah. remember it was just before the holidays. It was just before the new year. And I was like, by the new year, we will have turned this around. And sure, we did, right? But there were moments where you felt so much like you could walk away. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and yet, you know, yet you didn't
0: it's it's so interesting it's you're just making me think about about my story i I literally started my journey with a family bankruptcy, you know, and not just that, but like shutting everything down it's like the start, so my successful academic career and then coming to join this business where I'm like the house is on fire, you know literally and it's so interesting because fast forward, I went through an incident now in in January this year where Literally, the first week of January, I was like, hey, survive COVID. Business is super healthy, you know. And then something happened like two weeks later that just took all the oxygen out of the financial oxygen out of everything. And literally, I was thrust mentally into the same position as almost 25 years ago. Okay. But the story I share with people is while it took me 15 years to recover from the first incident, it took me about 60 days to recover from this incident. You know, so that's, that's a, that's progress. And B, you know, what did I do? It was, again, it's that whole mindset thing. You know, it's like, wait, ultimately you realize it's not about externally. What's happening. It's just internally. How are we going through it? But we were talking about inner journeys and and outer journeys, right? Ultimately, I want to come back to your grandfather story, you know,
2: Uh Um, yeah,
0: you know, the way, you spoke about it. Well, besides your facial expression and, and what you actually said was about how he lights everybody up around him.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: I have an intentional statement that I refer to time to time. Is how much light am I shining? And I try to, I try to, try to, try to. This is where the journey, the journey kind of about the kind of entrepreneur that, I'm, that I want to be. Because so We're still on this journey, right? We're still, we're still, we're still learning. And being a father, Of three you know being a husband being a a leader and it's how much light can i shine and trying to understand that as part of my level of success and my level of of freedom as well right Mm. what's driving you now lily
1: i like talking about light (laughs) i think part of living in santa monica is you have Like physical lights around you, and and I appreciate that every day. But this uh, this year with COVID, I thought a lot about the Leonard Cohen quote from the song Anthem. I don't know if you know it. It's "Ring the bells that still can ring, forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in." And on this theme of light, and so happy we brought it up. My sense with this last year was that you know I had the craziest uh, year from a personal point of view and was trying to find the light. And then I realized actually all these cracks, all these pieces of me that are fragmenting in this very momentous and tricky year for everybody. That's where my light is coming through. And I was asked by Pfizer to give a keynote at their conference. And I opened up with one image of me and my bio, similar to the one that you read. And the second slide was, but this is the real me. And the image I'm showing is me with a EEG, which is like this tape measure around my head. I'd gone into the hospital for my first EEG and I got diagnosed with epilepsy. And for about five months, couldn't find the right dosage, was having epilepsy crisis, trying to run my business, looking after the two kids going through a divorce. So... In the middle of all these cracks, I'm thinking, okay, well, how do I hold on to some of this light, right? That's so important to me because through the light, a bit like you, I feel that I can connect with people. I feel that I can give and I can, and also I can receive, right? But I I felt very fragmented. And that's then when I realized that's my strength, you know, that's, that's the real me. And that's the me I'm happy to show up with. You know, I'm happy to say to my clients, I had a seizure. I had a seizure on Sase. I had a seizure on Sase. I'm really tired today, but I'm showing up for you. Mm. And, and I'm here, you know, and I'm still building this. I'm still doing this.
0: So Um, let's uh, tie this up again. So this is it then, right? I mean, I use this quote, crisis is a performance indicator. I came up during, (laughs) during one of my uh, uh, masterminds that I, that I run. I was just talking to people and, there was, there was a gentleman who was just having a rough time processing everything. Okay. And by the way, that's just as a side point. I realized, uh, limitations as a coach. There are some people with mental health challenges that need professional help. You know, sure. me, sure. me as a coach, I, I'm, I'm good on the business side and the motivation side, but I'm not a medical professional, okay. you know, and that's part of the journey again. It's just part of the journey, right? It's just, it's just part of the journey. And, um, crisis as a performance indicator i realized that these challenges are here not just to show our level of competence let's just say our health and all that but it's also to show you know with the ambition that we're plugging in what else we need to do what else we need to learn is it other resources is it other who's that we need to work with us is it other areas that we need to sharpen up where we're talking a bit earlier about the comfort zone denial zone you know, yes. what where is it that we need to and we also where is it that we need to practice and get stronger? I mean let's 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 be honest here, right? We are choosing leadership. We are mm-hmm. choosing the entrepreneurial journey, we are choosing impact. Yeah. When we're choosing these things, I mean, come on, what do we expect? Right? This yeah, this is this, exactly. this if if you're choosing this.
2: Personally.
0: Right? If we're choosing this, what do we expect else is supposed to happen? I'm sorry, right?
1: Oh no. The best thing I was taught, I went to INSEAD for a sort of a exec education and actually the best thing I left with was another CEO in the group. He said to me, I said, you know, this is happening, this is happening. And he's like a bit older than me and has been doing it for longer. And he says, well, you're the CEO, suck it up. And I was like, that's brilliant. That is a nugget. That That's it. And you know how often I have said that, you know, just shared that moment where I was like, this is what it's supposed to be. Right. This this is what I deliberately and happily signed up to, and I kind of sign up to that every day. So, suck it up was a very useful piece of wisdom for me.
0: So that's that's another thing then with with entrepreneurs, right? And uh, again, this is something that we've spoken about uh, way back, where while we are so busy in the world and with teams, it's actually then lonely.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. And that's where when you know COVID shut everything down and um, so what do I do? You no, know, you automatically react uh, or the only thing you can do is is what you're actually best at. And I went and I fell back into coaching again. I ran masterminds because I knew they could help people. And I ran internal coaching in my team that I've, in my business that I've never done before.
2: Because I know it could
0: help people. And I'm like, oh, this is this is great. And it was just interesting to... Kind of accept that that's who I am because I'm always in denial of of that part. And I think as as entrepreneurs, we have to accept what we're really good at, and that's probably how how we lead, and that's probably how we execute. And then there's everything else, you know. What what do you think about about that? Really,
1: I think that loneliness is a huge piece, and um, one of the ways I combat it. And I mean, I'm actually very. Very lonely in my work, in a sense that I don't often talk about it. You know, I yeah. I was the one to come home and like leave it. You know, I always had very chatty partners who talked a lot about their work, and I was always the one that sort of left. People would know about my work through other means. Maybe they'd heard about it, or read about it, or friends had told them. But I I never shared so much, and I did experience a lot of loneliness. And I think that I the first experience I had with coaching was a, a moment for me in which I realized wow, I've been so lonely for so long and holding it all and keeping it all together and bringing people in, but not asking the right questions, not asking the questions that were really going to support me, right? It was all about uh, the the people we served. It was all about the uh, the stakeholders. It was, it was very rarely about me. And then through this coaching relationship, for me, it became a moment of great self-awareness in terms of my leadership, my ability to build teams, my ability to, I think to interact and build relationships within teams, which is, I think, the core of what work is about. And for me today, what I run a business called Glio, which is all about executive coaching and consulting. And I build that and I love that entrepreneurial piece. But maybe similarly to you, I get a huge sense of connection and I feel so, so alive and vibrant when I'm coaching. And it's a very intimate relationship and it's so, so very special. So. In that sense, although coaching is all for me about holding space for others and their, their businesses, I feel great sense of uh, community and, and feeling part of something. So I don't have as much loneliness running Leo today as I did when I was running my bank. And I think that plays to your point about I'm actually being truer to myself today and letting go of some of that ego and spending more time in, in connection with my clients
0: so that's you furthering your self awareness there right mm-hmm. in terms of how you impact again and um so w- one of the coaches that that i use today i use this this uh this organization called strategic coach and mm-hmm. the guy who leads it is called dan sullivan and uh he talks a lot about unique ability okay mm-hmm. and you know we've heard of strengths finders we've heard of there are all these different like personality and how we think and how we react tests Colby, print, disc, and things. Yeah, this is one of the uh, Tony Robbins tools. You know what's important there is to understand that we are all unique. How we operate is all unique. How you run a business, how I, I will run a business, will be different. Yeah. And um, what bothers us takes away our energy, and what makes us thrive as well, you know, is is different. Yes. And um, you know, having the awareness around that and building that as entrepreneurs is so important because. A lot of what we've been told is we need to do everything. And, you know, if you're weak at something, just get stronger in it. My mindset, my growing up, was to get comfortable with, if I'm not good at it, don't do it. And do more of what you're great at. And uh, you don't have to know everything. And just that, oh, just, you know, it was just such a release. Yeah. It was just such a release for me, right?
1: Yes. You're like,
0: shaking your head as if uh, you know like because wow.
1: yeah, i heard that sigh of relief yeah I, like, I can relate yeah
0: right you can relate that right
1: i can and i think that one learns that fairly quickly in the sense that for things to move on they need to be socialized and you need to create teams around and you need to bring in people that do things better than you that have done things before that can do things quicker that can can see see problems that you can't see right i'm very big on blind spots and from the beginning, I was 26. I was running my bank and most of the people who worked for me were a lot older, a lot more experienced and I had absolutely no problem with that. You know, it was actually, I felt extremely comfortable with that. I think what I felt less comfortable with is kind of showing and presenting to the world that I didn't know it all, that it wasn't all perfect. That I didn't have my ducks in a row. I had, what is the expression? Squirrels and they were running everywhere. And I didn't know, I didn't know so many things. And I guess that's absolutely right. Like today, I've let go around, uh, of some of those assumptions as to what, you know, what I need to be, what I should know. It's so much more incredible when you just, you do what lights you up and you, you kind of accept this is what I know. I also have this notion, Deepak, I don't know if you experience it. I really fundamentally believe that you can learn new things that you can't evolve significantly. You know, this idea that these are your strengths and will always be your strengths is not something I buy into. I've actually changed a huge amount. And this idea with, you know, falling in love with the idea of trying and trying and trying is not just something that I say tokenistically. It's something that on my own skin, I have experienced.
0: So my take on this is not that you can't learn new things. That's, that's not what it is. It's how you learn new things. Let's just say. So let's just uh, let's just talk about kids in the classroom, right? They're not. They're all going to learn differently, right? They can learn. They can learn new, new things. Definitely, they can learn things, but they're all going to learn differently, right? And and that's my point, you know. And that's it's it's like it's how we naturally operate. Like if we were to talk about instances in your life where you operated magically, it was effortless, and the result was just amazing. World class, right? Mm. I mean, that's that's what we call lighting up. Let's let's talk about that, right? What is lighting up? It's effortless for you, and the result mm. is magical, right? Effortless does not mean you didn't put in effort. Please, you know, yeah. Mike, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant training, you know, those guys will train twenty four yeah. hours, you know, almost, right? They're putting in the effort, but for them, it's effortless because you know, there's just this is just what they want to do, and this is how they impact, right? Um, and I'm using a sports example only because it's just easy to relate to, but that's my point. Right? Mm-hmm. Like Lily, so it's not about you can't learn new things.
2: Yes.
0: I will learn differently from you. So, you know, so if if, if I'm gonna adopt your way of learning and it's gonna be frustrating for me, I'm not gonna get anywhere. That's yeah. the point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I agree um, with
0: that. Yeah. But Liddy, tell me what so this is a question I ask as we're, you know, getting towards the end. What's something you would have told yourself as you were starting up that you would have actually listened to, like a piece of advice that you would have actually listened to, knowing who you are?
2: Uh-huh. I would have said,
1: really follow your curiosities more. I think I placated a lot of them in order to like be hyper-focused. I think today we can have a renaissance mindset. I think we can embrace a lot of different things mm-hmm. and be effective across that. And I think it, it cross-pollinates and creates much more. I don't know. It, it creates more impact, more content, and also I would have said, just take yourself less seriously. You know, like it's okay. Take it all. that Like let yourself. I had a lot of fun building my brand. I like I, when I'm in my entrepreneurial space, I'm in that flow. I was like an artisan at work, right? And yeah. Like. You know, Bottega with Nomad nice. Rodavi, and like their little design. I loved it. I was sculpting this thing, and it was my absolute obsession. My my, my ex husband used to say it's a passionate love affair. It literally was. So maybe I would have said, you know, ease down a bit. Like, don't put all of your eggs in that one basket. It defined me for ten years. That is what I was, and it defined me. You know, it was giving speeches at Mansion House with my baby in the room next door, yeah. and then. It was all that, right, and so today I'm much more like my business also has a life design. Okay. I want my life to be so much more than and my identity to be so much more than my work than my entrepreneurial journey.
0: That's a great way to put things. I'm just thinking about, yeah, I think that's i would have I would have loved to have heard that kind of advice earlier on, but believed it as well, you know. And what's keeping you busy now, Lily? So tell the audience, uh, what, what are you doing now? And I know, of course, they can reach out to you on LinkedIn if they need to. Uh, okay. They want to learn more about what you're doing. But, but what is Lily doing now?
1: I run a, a business called Gleo, which means um, joyful disposition in uh, Old English or Anglo-Saxon. It's a word that, again, is about lighting up. And, you know, We spend 90,000 hours at work in our lifetime. So for me, it's about bringing meaning and impact and joy. To it. We work with all sorts of businesses and individuals from governments to tech companies, startups, uh, nonprofits, and we support teams, we support leaders. I personally run the business. I have a, a huge group of coaches that work with me, and I carve out enough time to be able to work in partnership with some clients as a coach. And honestly, it's such a privilege. It's such an amazing part of my life. When you were talking about when are you in the flow, mm-hmm. I'm often in the flow when there are those moments in coaching and they're not constant, as you know, yeah. but there are some moments where it's incredible, right? What can be what can be shared or what can be done in the coaching relationship. So I will carry on growing Leo and I welcome you all to join us. And I, I will always have... Uh, set aside a a, a certain amount of my time to be doing the coaching, the executive coaching myself.
0: Lily, this was a super fun conversation and I'm sure the audience will have taken a lot out of this. So thank you so much for your time and sharing.
1: Thank you so much. I enjoyed it Deepak. It uh, took me back to the Harvard days.
0: Thank you for joining the conversation today. Did you have any moments of clarity? I would love for you to rate and review this episode feedback is crucial to tailoring this content for your growth needs if you would like to hear more please be sure to connect with me on linkedin and or message me on dm at DeepakSCoffee.com.